the thing I struggled with before I retired was the fact that every, anyone would give their left arm to go to an Olympic Games. Like I felt that way about the Olympic Games and I held so much respect for that opportunity that I've been fortunate enough to experience twice that it almost made me hold on to driving for something that I didn't really want anymore just because I didn't want to disrespect it. Welcome to episode 179 of Be The Drop, a weekly interview podcast sharing stories from people who inspire and motivate to help you learn how to tell your story. I'm Amelia Veal, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. There is much to learn from other people's stories if we take the time to stop and listen. Storytelling can be incredibly powerful and help us to find meaning, build connections and drive change. My guest this week, Brittany Elmsley, has a story that's both extraordinary and extremely relatable. Brit has achieved more than your average 25-year-old. She has reached the pinnacle of international sport, winning two Olympic gold medals. As the youngest person on the Australian Olympic team in 2012, Brit's strength, drive and determination got her to the podium. But there was a cost to her success and a challenging journey behind those medals. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Britt reflects on the personal shame she felt during her Olympic career and how she overcame it by learning self-compassion. She discusses her retirement from sport in 2019 and the process she went through to discover her new why. This is Britt's version of Be The Drop. Are you considering starting a podcast? At Narrative Marketing, we deliver a full range of podcast production options. Or if you'd like help getting started to produce your own content, we also deliver podcast training programs. Hit the link in the show notes for more details. Okay, Britt, thank you so much for joining me for our next episode of Be The Drop. It's good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you've got some exciting items of significance to share with us that give us a little bit of context about you and your journey. Yeah, so today I brought along my two Olympic gold medals. Um, And there's something that I had to think about when I guess you asked me to bring in an item of significance. Uh, But I think definitely these are probably what everyone would expect my items to be because they're probably the most talked about thing when someone finds out what I've achieved in my life. But I think behind the meaning of a gold medal for me um, is it just signifies when you think of the Olympics, obviously anyone who's there is a very driven person um, and they're there because they've worked incredibly hard and they've sacrificed a lot. And behind the medal for me, the, the meaning is that the journey to get that medal. And I think at times, like not everyone knows this, but I guess the sacrifice that I did at times was for my health at one point. Um, I wanted it so badly that I actually gave myself an eating disorder. And um, I think that's just part of being an elite athlete. It's probably more common than people are aware of, but you're trying to get your body so lean that at times, like for a woman, it's leaner than 
what biologically you're probably meant to be. So, um, and I've been working through that and like the shame attached to that. And yeah, something for me was overcoming that shame that was attached to it and understanding like why I did that and then obviously healing myself from that after the first gold medal and then the journey towards the second and doing it again um, but this time a healthier way Um, and I guess when I sorted through that and understood myself a bit better as a person as I got older obviously at 18 years of age you're still a kid trying to figure it all out and you're competing on an international world stage at the pinnacle of your industry and there's extreme amount of pressures there and um, it was my first Australian team Um, I was the baby of the team so there was just a lot going on and yes not just that year but you've been doing that since you were 12 years old so yeah it's been a journey and um, earlier this year 2019 I decided to step away from the sport that I love and yeah, start my journey towards what's next for me. Fantastic. Well, there was a lot there in your <laughs> explanation of your item of significance. So you've got two gold medals, one from 2012 London Olympics and then in 2016 the Rio Olympics. I do want to talk more about some of those experiences that you've just shared. But so you were 18 in 2012, yeah? Just turned 18, yeah. Just turned 18 and the youngest in, in the team. Like that's a lot to, you know, <laughs> to take on. And and as you said, from that developed an eating disorder because potentially your 18 year old not able to you know understand and cope with all those pressures and I suppose that was a way of of dealing but so you have definitely learned a lot along that journey so I'd really like to unpack some of those things that you look back now and think of key lessons that you learn and how you evolved and really you know taking and you're, you're only 25 now so it's incredible what you have achieved for such a young person Um, But it's really interesting because you mentioned, you know, this was by the time you were 18, you'd been swimming since you were 12. Uh, So you've, you know, even at 25, you've been on quite a lengthy journey for someone so young. And that having that, as you say, developing an eating disorder when you were 18, I think is probably symptomatic of the pressures for someone so young dealing with it. So now looking back, and then you said by your second Olympics, you had a much healthier approach. How do you think, what were the key things that you transitioned from the 2012 Olympics into the 2016? Yeah, and even then between those four years, I had a few other things go on as well, like my parents separated, um, I changed coaches, I found a lump in my right breast that I had to get removed. So in the space of four years, I had many other things that I was dealing with and healing. But I think the importance of that and reflecting on all of those uh, situations I went through, it just shows me how strong I am as a person. And when I apply my mindset to something, whatever it may be, I have the capacity to do things that not a lot of people could do. Um, And I guess in 2012 or previous to 2012 to get myself on the Olympic team at 18 years of age, I applied that mindset in potentially a um, self-sabotaging way, even though 
the outcome. I achieved what everyone perceived that that's what you want to achieve. And I just remember standing on the podium and I had the gold medal placed around my neck and I was standing there and it wasn't till after and we'd sung the national anthem and I just had this weird moment of like this wave of sort of shame came over me and I'll never forget it but like I obviously haven't really shared this with many people and yeah I think I I took that with me through the next four years and and that drive to almost redo that moment for myself and obviously it's a moment that not everyone is fortunate enough to experience like that's yeah some people will never get that and I'm so grateful that I got it a second time but I'm also proud of the fact that I did redo it right and even though I was there was a few many more roadblocks placed in my way I still held myself to that level of self-respect that I said that I'd never like lower myself to and yeah I guess that's just a few stories behind what these medals mean to me versus I guess what other people's perspectives might be. Mm, thank you for sharing that. That's <laughs> such a powerful story. I mean, it's sitting here going, oh. <laughs> but like to go through that, you know, what, what fantastic self-awareness you have mm-hmm. to realise that you felt that shame and go, well, I'm not going to put myself through that again. And, you know, not only did you then, as you say, have that opportunity again, you created that opportunity for yourself again. So what do you think are some of the key skills or um, characteristics that you require to get through roadblocks and keep going? I think when I was younger, I had this ability to be completely like tunnel vision and almost to an extent that I was like numb and I didn't feel anything. And it wasn't until I learned more about myself that it's almost like once I started opening the can of worms, it was almost harder because I I understood the emotions or that I was actually feeling stuff, but it was just so I just would bury it and not tap into it until I was, I guess, at training and you're by yourself in the water, you can't talk to anyone. And I think without realizing at that age, I would use that um, when my body was hurting and I'd, I would just use that for momentum like throughout the training session. But I was doing that kind of stuff and I didn't even know that I was. Like it's always just been instilled in me that that's just my mentality and that's the way my brain works. Um, And I think getting older and more mature with that and understanding the power that it has and trying to channel that in the correct direction um, and in healthy ways and in ways that makes me proud rather than doing things in order to please people of authority, whether it be coaches or, you know, the pressure that's put on you from the public or even yourself. Like I'll put more pressure than anyone would ever dream of putting on me. Like if someone says something feedback wise, I've already said it to myself like three months ago, but probably in a way harsher way. So it was more understanding that learning a bit of self-compassion like I think a lot of people like that was a challenge for me is being nice to myself which is like so ironic but like it's just yeah I really had to learn that um and I think that was my journey post 
2016 that I went on um, was gaining a lot more self-awareness and that led me to Adelaide and yeah, without even realizing it sort of almost led me to the end of my career before I had envisioned that that was going to end because originally I wanted to go to three and I said to myself, you want to go to three Olympics and this, that and the other. And the more I sort of tuned in with what I actually wanted and where my values were, I started to realize and I couldn't ignore it is like, you're done. Like you've achieved everything and more that you ever set out to achieve. And and you don't want what you used to and that that drive that you used to have that made you, yeah, push that little extra and training, it was gone. And I don't know when it, like where it went or, and that was the moment where I realized, oh, not everyone must have that. Like, cause I, that's all I ever knew from when I was 12 years old or even younger. And then it went and I was like, oh, like, can I get that back? Like, I don't know where it's gone, but then since retiring I've now got that drive for the things that I want to do next and I've got that excitement back and I think at the moment like that makes me so happy the thing I struggled with before I retired was the fact that anyone would give their left arm to go to an Olympic Games like I felt that way about the Olympic Games and I held so much respect for that opportunity that I've been fortunate enough to experience twice that it almost made me hold on to driving for something that I didn't really want anymore just because I didn't want to disrespect it. But then once I realized, oh, the more you drive for something that doesn't align with you, you're actually almost disrespecting it more. So I had to like release that control and go into like the unknown of like, oh, okay, you're walking away from before you thought you were going to like that's scary but yeah I held I guess complete power in that decision and I'm really lucky that I do because some people have to finish before because they're they get injured or you know they physically just can't swim anymore but I physically could it was just mentally it's not where I wanted to be and yeah Uh, it's incredible listening to you speak because you're very mature for your years and I you know because you've done you've worked really hard and and focused and dedicated but what you're talking about is you know we have these conversations in business is finding your why Mm. and you know Simon Sinek is an amazing person who talks about this on an international stage around the importance of aligning your business goals with your with the why so it's not necessarily about financial goals to achieve why are you existing in that business? Why are you doing it? Which is what the realisation you came to, you know, and to then walk away and have the confidence to say no um, is, you know, it's, it's an incredibly mature approach. No doubt they are with, you know, and because I 100% think that those skills are transferable and for a 25-year-old give you a fantastic advantage, uh, even though you're having to, as you say, go back, start from scratch with your studying and building a new skill. So how did you go through that process in deciding what it was that really did excite you? What was closer to your why and aligned with your values? I think um, the roadblocks that I spoke about earlier, at the time, there was times where I was just like, why me? Like I remember one day rocking up to training and I just like I hadn't slept because my parents had just separated and I was 
I felt like I was almost being the rock of the siblings and yeah, I just had taken on a lot. Um, and I remember just being by myself, like in the water while swimming, I don't know, whatever we were doing, it was boring. <laughs> um, and just thinking, why have I been put through this much rap? Like how, like, and I don't know, I didn't really sort through my issues then. Like I didn't, nothing really came above, like, I just remember thinking like, why me? And it was a more of a journey to get to that position to understand that um, everything those situations taught me outside of the pool was actually making me stronger in the pool. And then it was also teaching me that there's a bubble outside of the bubble. And one day that swimming bubble is going to pop and you're going to be left with your life. And so it gave me an opportunity to remember that there's life outside of swimming and I actually am really grateful for everything that life threw at me to remind me of that because I think if I hadn't go, gone through that much stuff outside of the pool, I could have become quite consumed with what was going on in my reality at that time, which was still in the bubble. And I've obviously only really reflected on this since popping the bubble myself. <laughs> But yeah, I think in to answer your actual question <laughs> with what's exciting me now, I think it was the power of every time I would tell someone my story, I would just like sometimes people would cry or sometimes people would be like, what the hell? Or like there was just these really profound like reactions that even though it was my truth and my story, like I would have this effect on people that. I could see it was impacting them in a way that then, you know, they were taking something away from the way I was like articulating it without even really trying. Like I was just sort of explaining what I'd been through. And I think I was drawn to those conversations. And I've obviously been studying media and communications at uni for, I feel like forever now, but I'm almost finished that. So I've got about a year to go. And tying in with finding the study that I actually really enjoyed and like media and I guess being on the other side of an interview, I was so used to that. But then at times I would get frustrated when someone's asking you questions and you're like, that was the wrong question. Like, I'm not going to either give you what you want, the answer that you want or uh, that kind of struck it like I can feel like you're not really being empathetic to what I'm telling you like I'm telling you really powerful things that are obviously I'm being vulnerable with you and you're just one you're doing your job or two you haven't really done your research so I found myself getting frustrated with this type of stories that are being shared within the sporting industry like I think there's so many more powerful stories that lay beneath those gold medals that are way more relatable to everyone and I think, yeah, that's sort of where my drive lies at the moment is I want to get into television, interviewing, presenting and potentially starting a podcast of my own. And as often as I can, just sitting down and having conversations like you do every day and talking about the why and like that's what gives me goosebumps because people are amazing. Like everyone's amazing, like everyone's going about their own business every day and I think people go through different types of struggles but at the end of the day we're all humans and 
like we crave that connection and I think conversations like this remind people that no matter if you're a CEO or you work at a cafe or you're just a stay-at-home mum like we're all the same like you're just all trying to do like work hard and make it but what's even making it like that's an even bigger question oh my gosh I love listening I'm so glad that you found your purpose and that you are studying journalism and communications because you're good at this (laughs) you're a good you're a good storyteller I'd like one day for you to interview me that would be interesting I will (laughs) well get your podcast you're on my hit list (laughs) but that is like I love how you can articulate this and obviously you're talking my language because you love the power of storytelling. So I'm there going, oh, yeah, amazing. <laughs> so you're talking to the converted, but it is incredibly powerful and what a fantastic journey for you to go through. Talking about media and communications, though, and being an elite athlete, you were subject to being scrutinised and being on that side where media is looking and, as you're saying, potentially looking through a narrow lens and not really looking at those broad context of the human stories underneath. You know, what could we do in mainstream media to to make that better? I think social media has, like, thrown a spanner in that and people have the power now to have their own platform and have their own voice. And I think the trend at the moment is the whole let's be real, let's be authentic, and I think that's awesome. But I just hope that it's for the right reason and it's not just to gain followers and gain traction on your own social media account like I I see people sharing really authentic stories and you just hope that it's because they want to and not because they feel obligated to because they have a following but in regards to mainstream media like I watched the the project on and Carrie Bickmore is doing interviews and I just like watch the interview from a different perspective now and I'm like I want to do that like I want to and she cries sometimes and I reckon I'll do the same. Like I just, when people tell me their story, even if it's not in an interview and they share something really like that hits a nerve, like I'll just start like tearing up, which is kind of scary, but I don't know. It's just, that's me and I'm quite an empathetic person. Um, and I think when I was an athlete, I learned to put walls around that because you had to protect your energy and you had to protect that emotional I don't know what you would call it, but like emotional supply that I would draw on like during a main set when you're trying to get better performance out of yourself. Like I was quite an emotional swimmer, um, if that's what you would word it. But everything that I, every training session I did, I would hold myself to this standard because that's what I knew I needed to be at to get the result that I wanted. And I think that's just the type of person that I'm like, whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it a hundred percent. And when I'm doing it, that's all I'm doing. Like I just have this ability to like narrow focus and be fully present. Um, So tell us a bit more about the transition process that you've been through. I think at the moment with what I'm going through in regards to a transition is could be relevant to any of your listeners, whether they'd be transitioning careers or someone who's become a mother and then transitioning back into the workforce. And obviously I don't have children myself, but I've heard that it changes you and you've got other priorities and you're no longer responsible for just yourself. So um, transitions in general, I think what I'm going through at the moment is 
the fact of like finding my new why and it's obviously still partially the same because my values haven't really changed but I think I've realigned them with different things and right now I'm putting a a lot of effort and energy into a few side projects that I have been doing for the past few months and at the moment the frustration's lying um, in the fact that I haven't really reaped anything from them and I guess this is relevant to new businesses whether it be your own you put you've invested a lot of money time energy into something and it's that unknown is this even going to work like is this going to take off like is this worth it um and then that's when your own self-critic comes in and do I have a story to share does anyone want to hear my story like no one really cares like that kind of voice that I had when I was swimming is still there which is quite funny because I thought it was just to do with swimming but it's actually like that's gonna be follow me in life because everyone has that voice and I've had to learn to at times tone that voice down and almost uh, combat that and be an advocate for myself and back myself with these new challenges and adventures that I'm starting as I did when I first started swimming and I had to find that confidence to stand up and race those girls who had already been on the senior team and had already competed at an Olympic Games and I'm standing there like about to race them and I hadn't. So it was about finding that, you staying in your own lane and being like putting that tunnel vision on and being like just swim up and down and just, you know, if you touch them out, you touch them out and you'll qualify for the Olympics. But If not, that's cool too. Like just put in 100% effort with whatever you're doing. So I think at the moment I'm trying to channel that young swimmer that I was that got me to where I have been and then but now I'm putting that into other things. Well, thank you so much, Britt, for joining me. In conclusion, though, can you share Britt's Be The Drop tip? So that's your top tip for communication or telling your story in a way that motivates and inspires others. I think my biggest tip and something that I try to remind myself of every time I am telling my story is that tell it authentically and even if there is still a bit of shame there that you haven't sorted through yet, I think at the end of the day, everyone's a human and they have the ability to see that that's something really vulnerable that you're sharing and that it's your truth. So like no one can really fully comment on that. And if they do, that's a reflection on them, not on you. And you were brave enough to share it. So good on you. Um, And yeah, just be your own advocate sometimes. And like, I'm still working on that, but I think it's definitely something that I have learned to try and be for myself. Um, And yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. And I love that. Be your own advocate. That's so good. What good advice. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. 
Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that.